<coughs> excuse me, to Genesis chapter 39. Thank you, Ashley. That was a very appropriate, beautiful song. Genesis chapter 39. And before we get there, I've got a couple of commercials for us. <coughs> the first one is you do not want to miss tonight's message. I'm just telling you, it is it is going to be awesome. And I'm not I'm not preaching it. We got something really special better than any stupid football game. <clears throat> okay? Now, I like football, okay? <clears throat> but the word of God is more precious than any game. Just saying. So <clears throat> if you can be here, please be here because we got a special treat for you. I, I'm, I've been looking forward to this for months. Uh, honestly, I have. Uh, <clears throat> and then Wednesday, <clears throat> we are starting a new series on Wednesday night. Uh, I, and I know Wednesdays are hard for a lot of people, uh, but let, let me encourage you to start coming to church on Wednesday night because we're starting a series this Wednesday night called Avoiding Confusion. And we're going to be talking about subjects that are relevant to our society today. Uh, let me kind of, I, I, I wrote down a, a few of these subjects that we're going to be talking about. Uh, the existence of God, the reliability of the Bible, the deity of Christ, creation, uh, sanctity of life, <clears throat> Uh, the uh, evil in the world today, um, uh, gender and marriage. You know, it doesn't matter what any of us think. It's what the Word of God says. And <clears throat> we're going to talk about what the Word of God has to say about uh, uh, racism. Uh, let me just say this. Uh, God, God hates racism. Okay. Uh, but we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, and there's going to be more subjects we're going to cover. Um, but these are, we're going to talk about a lot of the, all of these things through the lens of this book, not our opinions. So let me encourage you to, if you can <clears throat> be here on Wednesday nights, uh, I, I think it'll be a, 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 an incredible help and blessing to you to see what the word of God has to say about these things. So, <clears throat> <clears throat> That's enough of that. Let's get on to what we have uh, God has for us this morning. Last week we talked about the importance of Joseph's timeline. If we could have slide number five. Uh, again, I, I got a couple of you complimenting me on my hard work that I put into my little timeline here, and I appreciate that. I am technically challenged, so <clears throat> uh, technically, yeah. There you go. There you go. That too. <laughs> okay, but we talked about we talked about this timeline in Joseph's life, and I didn't I didn't title it Joseph's timeline. I I titled it God's timeline, because the reality is this: each of us has a timeline, and it's God's timeline for our lives. It is up to us to allow God to work his timeline in our lives. So Joseph, back over here, is a shepherd boy. He, he is a 
That's all he is. He, he works for his dad. He's going to someday take over the family business, shepherding. In Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20, God, we're not going to read the verse this morning, but anyway, Joseph says, hey, he's talking to his brothers and he said, you know what? God used you to help me save an entire nation. Actually, several nations, to be perfectly honest. God used Joseph greatly, but how did Joseph go from being a shepherd boy to saving literally millions of people? He did it because he he allowed God to work in his life. Last week, we uh, well, a couple of weeks ago, we introduced fact. Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. Last week, we talked about the, about the fact that he was bought by a guy named Potiphar. And the importance of that was that the fact that in order to get to here, Joseph would someday have to become the prime minister of Egypt. Here, here, this little shepherd boy who grew up in the land of Canaan knew nothing about the Egyptian culture, needed to learn everything. He needed to learn the language, the government structure, uh, everything. And the only place he could do that is if he was purchased by a guy named Potiphar. God had a plan for his life. God has a plan for your life and for my life. And if you're like Joseph, and you are, there are a lot of bumps along the way. A lot of, a lot of hilltops and a lot of valleys. You, you, have you ever noticed <clears throat> that valleys tend to be bigger than mountaintops? Have you ever noticed that? Mountaintops generally are pretty small. But valleys seem to go on forever. And sometimes when we're in the valley of life, we can get discouraged because we can't see what God's doing in our lives sometimes. The title of this morning's message is First Test, How to Live. First test. The first test that Joseph faced is a test of how is he going to live. So if we can have the next slide, please, Chris. Okay, so we have another thing on our timeline here. The first test, how to live. Joseph had to make multiple choices in his life. Just like we have to make choices when, when difficulties come into our lives. Joseph had to decide whether he was going to live a defeated, angry, hostile life or he could live a confident, trusting, acceptance life. I'm here to tell you, tough times come and go. Hard times come and go. Mountaintop experiences come and go. And what separates a 
trusting believer in Jesus Christ from a non-trusting is how we get through those difficult seasons in our lives. We choose when the testing comes. I want to give you seven things very quickly <clears throat> about, uh, uh, about trusting. First one, remember, everything is temporary. One of the things that I, I tell myself and I tell other people is, you know what? The world's going to keep spinning. No matter what's going on in your little world, the world's going to just keep right on spinning. And your problem is going to pass. The valley will end one day. Our joy, number two, our joy should be tied to our relationship to Jesus Christ, not our circumstances. This is an important one. And please, please get this, because when oftentimes when when difficulties come in, the natural tendency is for people to pull away from other people. And that is oftentimes that's the worst thing we can do. Because we need, the third one here is trust the godly people that God has put in your corner. You need to learn to trust the people that God has put in your life. Number four, reevaluate the things that are most important to you. Things or people. Now, intellectually, we would all say, oh, well, people are always, people are more important. Yeah, but do you live that way? Or do you live for things? Number five, ultimately, you choose how you react. It's on you. If you react poorly, things are going to spin out of control quickly. Ultimately, you are responsible for how you react. I like this one. <clears throat> Bad times don't define you, but your response does. And then the last one. I'm going to read it because it's kind of long. <clears throat> Worry, anger, complaining, denial, and any other infinite uh, <clears throat> other ways we can try to circumvent pain. When things go wrong, don't change the situation. We can get mad. We can get angry. We can go into denial. We can do all those things, but it's not going to change the fact, the situation that you're in. Genesis chapter 39. Let's start reading in verse 1. <clears throat> And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he, pro and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all 
that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had he put into his hand. And it came to pass that uh, came to pass from that time that he made that he had made him overseer of his house and overseer all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house and jo- for Joseph's sake and the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field and he left all that he had in Joseph's hands and he knew uh, not aught he had save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a godly person and well-favored. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and for the work you do in our lives. Lord, we are, we are thankful. We are a blessed people, but we are also a needy people. And we need you this morning to speak to our hearts and help us to be more like you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> the first test is how to live. I want to talk about my first point this morning, this morning is the adversity. Because adversity is nothing new to any of us, is it? <clears throat> we all know what adversity is like. When adversity comes, it will... <clears throat> How we respond makes the difference of, of the, the way we survive the adversity. If we, if we respond well to adversity, then adversity can actually become a good thing, and we're going to talk about that. But if we don't respond well, adversity then becomes an anchor around our necks and it drags us down and it drags the people around us down. So we're going to examine the life of Joseph here and see how he handled adversity. And there are three characteristics of, of adversity I want to talk about this morning. The first one, letter A, is adversity comes quickly. When, it, when adversity comes into our lives, it almost always comes quickly. And, and uh, here you have Joseph, the story of Joseph here in, in Genesis, it, it starts around uh, chapter 37. And, and here this young man is, he, he's, his dad sends him to find his brothers. And we've, we've talked about this, but in case you were not here, I'm going to very quickly kind of give you a, 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 a snapshot of it. Joseph's dad... Uh, Jacob <clears throat> says, "Hey, go find your brothers." So Joseph goes to find his brothers. They were not they were not where they were supposed to be, but he he just kept searching until he found them. When his brothers saw him coming, their anger was kindled. The Bible says, and they started to plot against him. And before he could make, from the time that they, he was close enough where they could recognize him to the time that he got to them, they had decided to kill him. Except for one brother stepped in and, and basically saved his life. Long story short, they throw him into a pit. 
Shortly after that, a caravan of Ishmaelites comes through and they sell their brother to the Ishmaelites as a slave. And off he goes to Egypt. Now, as I was thinking about this idea of adversity comes quickly, here Joseph is, one minute he's greeting his brothers, and the next thing you know, he's, on, he's in the caravan on his way to Egypt as a slave. And when, it, when adversity comes into our life, it, it can and often does catch us flat-footed, if you would. Totally off guard. And see, that's the way Satan works. Because if, you, if, you, if adversity came slowly, we could prepare for it, could we not? As I thought about this, I thought of Job. Job was, let me say this, you know, when I first got saved, about 40, 41 years ago, <clears throat> I, I bought a Bible. I had, never, I had never had a Bible before. And I, I, I bought this Bible and I sat down and I first thing I did is I turned to the index. And somebody had told me, hey, the answers of life are in this book. And I sat down and I turned to the index and, and I thought, wow, this book even tells you how to find a job. I did. I really did think that. I thought, anyway. <laughs> anyway. So in Job, in Job chapter one, or Job, Job chapter one, uh, in Job chapter one, <clears throat> Job, there's a discussion that takes place between the devil and God. And anyway, to make a long story short, God allows Satan to do everything he can to discourage Job. In Job chapter 1 and verse 14, it says, And there came a messenger unto Job and said, oh, well, well, let me stop here and let me say this. So for those of you that don't know, Job was a very, very wealthy man. Very wealthy. And the messenger came to Job and said, The ox were plowing and the asses uh, feeding beside them. And the Sabians fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the sword, with the edge of the sword, and I, and I only am escaped to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, The fire of God is fallen from heaven, and have burned up the sheep and the servants, and consumed them. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And while he was yet speaking, there came another uh, and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away, yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in the elder brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness 
and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Everything this man owned was gone like that. Adversity comes quickly. Just like Joseph and Job, we can be in a position in our lives where we think, wow, life is going pretty good. All it takes is a phone call, a car accident, a medical diagnosis. That's all it takes. And our lives will change forever. Adversity comes quickly. The question is, how how should you respond? I'm glad you asked. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Learn to trust. Not only does adversity come quickly, but adversity can warp reality. It would have been easy for <clears throat> that, Chris, that's letter B. <laughs> there we go. Okay, I, 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 I have to ask him because oftentimes I forget to give him this stuff. And, and so, oh, okay, sorry about that. Um, uh, adversity can warp our reality. I, as, I, as I was pondering this and thinking about it, I, I believe that it would have been very easy for Joseph to come to the conclusion that God had abandoned him. He he did nothing wrong. All he was doing was looking for his brothers. His dad told him to do it. And his brothers hated him so much, they sold him into slavery. Joseph was every step through the desert, getting closer to Egypt. I I, I can imagine me thinking, Where is God? What did I do to cause God to hate me so much? Have you ever thought that? It's easy to swallow the lie of the devil. Look at verse 2. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. I asked this question last week. Why did God prosper Joseph in the midst of this adversity? Did, he, did, it, did, did God feel sorry for Joseph? No, God did not feel sorry for Joseph. Why? Because it was, it was part of God's plan for Joseph's life. You think, but that's not fair. 
Life's not fair. How many of you think life is fair? Just curious. I didn't think so. Life's not fair. But God's plan is always right. F.B. Myers wrote this. Though stripped of his coat of many colors, Joseph had not been stripped of his character. See to it that no one rob you of that. Our character should not be dependent on our circumstances. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 21 to 25 This I I recall to to my mind, therefore I have hope. I love that word hope. That that word hope does not mean hope in the 21st century English definition of it. That, well, maybe it'll happen. Those of you that are rooting for a team in the football game today, you hope they will win. That's not this word. This word has a has a, a an ex, uh, um, expected conclusion. It's not that I, I hope it'll happen, but I'm putting my trust in the fact it's going to happen. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are <clears throat> new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith the soul. Excuse me, saith my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. In times of adversity, Satan is going to whisper in your ear, God doesn't love you. Don't believe it. Because adversity can warp reality. Letter C. Adversity creates opportunity. Earlier I said that adversity can can actually be a good thing. And I believe it can. Because it can it can it can create opportunity. I read a story one time of a of a company years ago that wanted to start a shoe company uh, 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 selling shoes in one of the African countries. So they sent two salesmen to different regions of the country to explore the market, if you would. And they got two messages back. The first one said. <clears throat> Outlook grim. Nobody wears shoes. The other salesperson wrote back, market unlimited. Everyone's barefooted. (laughs) See, it's how we look at it. See, adversity can create opportunities. Joseph was resolved to turn a horrible situation into a great opportunity. He was faithful, honest, and a hard worker. Look at at verse 3. 
And his master saw that the Lord was with him. And the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. It didn't take Potiphar long to realize there was something different about Joseph. Now, 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 now picture that. I want you to picture this. <clears throat> Here you are, a slave in the midst of a whole bunch of slaves. Okay, Potiphar's house, we talked about this last week. Potiphar was a very wealthy aristocrat in the, Egypt, in the Egyptian society. And <clears throat> he had... He had to have had more than just Joseph as slaves. But Joseph here stands out among all of the slaves. My question to you is this, why? Why? I think it was because Joseph's outlook was different than the rest. Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 27. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? That's a rhetorical question. What's the answer? No. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 24. Therefore, if he that calleth you, who also... Uh, he is faithful, excuse me, faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. God is faithful. And as long as we will allow him, he will accomplish great things through our lives. So, we talked about adversity. Let's talk about prosperity for, for a minute. Prosperity. Verses uh, 3 through uh, 5 <clears throat> talks about the prosperity. We just read verse 3. Let's read verses 4 and 5. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and, the, and, his serv- and, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had uh, he put into his hand. And it came to pass from uh, the time that he had made him overseer of the house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. I, I love that sentence. The Egyptian, the Egyptian's house, Potiphar's house, was blessed because of Joseph. That's an incredible statement. Jo, uh, for Joseph's sake, and uh, bless, and the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the fields. Prosperity is a two-edged sword, though. Just like adversity can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing. Prosperity can be a two-edged sword. It can be a blessing and a curse all at the same time, can it not? It can be, it can be a curse when we forget where our prosperity comes from. I have had the opportunity to know a lot of people in my life. And the one particular case, <clears throat> I know two very wealthy men that don't live too far apart from each other. And <clears throat> the, the one, the one uh, 
invited my wife and I, when we were in the area, to stay at their home. And when we pulled up, we thought we were pulling up to a castle. And, I mean, there's nothing wrong. If you've got money and you want to live in a castle, that's fine. I, I have no problem with that, especially, especially in this case because we got to stay there. <clears throat> the guest wing was $1.4 million. That was 25 years ago. I mean, it was it was a, it was a I, I remember Tim, our son, was staying with us then, and, and Tim looked at the shower in the um, guest room wing, and he looked at me and he says, "Dad, that looks like a car wash." <laughs> but you know what? That man and his wife, absolutely, totally miserable. They're believers. They know they know the Lord. But they got consumed with the stuff. The other man that I know, his equally probably, I don't know, but you know, at least from appearances, they seem to be equally wealthy. Stayed at his home too. It's a big house, but it's just a normal house like you and I would live in. He and his wife, some of the most pleasant people I'd ever want to be around. And you wouldn't know, you wouldn't know he he, he has a lot of money. He, he, at the time, he drove a little Toyota Corolla. But he and his wife, one year that I knew of, and I, I, and how I, I won't tell you how I know this, but what I knew, one year, he and his wife gave over a million dollars to missions. See, prosperity can be a two-edged sword. And Christians can fall into the, into the trap of stuff. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. It's God who gives prosperity. Letter A. <clears throat> God's Blessing is is limited by our our obedience, not our circumstances. If if God's blessings were limited by our circumstances, then Joseph would have been a really miserable person. But see, the blessings of God are not tied to our circumstances, they're tied to our obedience. Because of Joseph's obedience, God blessed him. I, very quickly, I want to show you two ways God blessed him. <clears throat> Number one, uh, he walked with God. Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. 
And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Our, our prosperity is not tied to our circumstances. <clears throat> Joseph prospered because he walked with God. But I think this is even more important than that is Joseph's life pointed others to God. You say, how do you know that? Again, look at the word. Look at verse 3. And his master saw what? That Joseph was a hard worker. No. Joseph was a hard worker, but that's not what he saw. He saw that the Lord was with him. But it doesn't stop there. It goes on. And that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. So here you have a pagan government official, which we have a lot of those. Sorry for getting political, but anyway. Here you have a pagan political leader an aristocrat in the Egyptian society, and he recognized the blessings of God in this servant's life. And when we are in adversity and we are doing right and our heart is right and our attitude is right, people around us will see the blessings of God in our lives. That doesn't happen by accident. That happens because of good choices. Letter B. God's blessing is a result of acceptance. God's blessings are a result of acceptance. Do you think that Joseph would have been successful uh, manager of Potiphar's house if he walked around with a woe is me attitude. Why am I here? What did I do to deserve this? God hates me. What, what, what was it? Winnie the Pooh? No, Eeyore. Eeyore. Yeah, that, that's who it was. I, 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 as a kid, I didn't like watching that cartoon because of Eeyore. He drove me crazy. Everything is negative. I, I don't know about you, but I hate being around people like that. I, I just, I want to be around people who are looking for the positive things that, that God is doing in their lives. Sometimes, and I know what I'm about to say is hard, but sometimes we just have to say, God, I have no idea what you're doing, but I accept it. Give me grace to go through it. Because that's what grace is about. 
there are times where we just, we can't, we don't know. We can't know what God is doing. We just need to accept it. Let me ask you, have you, earlier I read the story of Job where Job lost everything. Do you know what Job did immediately following the last messenger telling him that his kids were dead? Job chapter 1, verse 20. Then Job arose and rent his mantle, shaved his head, and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. And said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I uh, return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In the midst of incredible adversity, Job got it right. He just accepted what God had for him. Did he enjoy the the journey? Read the book. He didn't. He didn't enjoy it. Does God say we have to enjoy it? Nope. Did Joseph enjoy his journey? I doubt he did. But he accepted it and understood the will of God for his life. In closing here, very quickly, let me talk about Joseph's integrity in verse verse 6. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught he had save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a godly person and well-favored. Potiphar trusted Joseph with everything. I thought about this. I'm going to pick on someone. Um, uh, who can I pick on? Okay, John. He's my son-in-law. I can pick on John. He, he can hate me all he wants. I don't care. <clears throat> Love you, John. Uh, but seriously, How likely would it be for me to call John one day and say, hey, John, I want you to come over. And he's, okay, I'll be, I'll be right over. And I said, okay. So John walks in, and he sits down, and, he said, he, and I say, here, here is our checkbook. Here is all our, all, everything that we own, boom, here you go. You take care of it. How many of you would do that? I mean, I love this guy. I mean, honestly, I love, but there ain't no way he's balancing my checkbook. <laughs> okay? I mean, I mean, literally, I mean, okay, you, you got to understand, Potiphar, if he was alive today, would have been worth probably millions, probably into the billions of dollars. That's what he would have been worth. And he goes to Joseph and he says, here, take care of it. Now, either he's really stupid, which I don't think he is, or he saw something in Joseph that was really special. I don't see that in him. (laughs) 
I'm t- <laughs> Sorry, John. <laughs> but you know, you see what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, this is not even another Egyptian. This is a this is a foreign slave that he is literally turning over. Every, it says that Potiphar, other than the the food that he ate on his table, he had no clue what he was worth. I mean, if I had done that, I, I would be daily saying, how are we doing, John? We still got money in the bank? Am I right? Potiphar trusted Joseph with everything. That is integrity. Luke chapter 16. <clears throat> he that is faithful and that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is just in the least is, un, in, is unjust also in much. I just read that wrong. He that is unjust in the least is also unjust in the much. I have another quote here I want to read in in closing. Uh, Again from F.P. Myers. He said this, Our lot in life is much more important than we think. It is not so important what we do as how we do it. The motive that inspires us is the true gauge and measure of the worth and importance of our lives. I love what he said. As I read that, I it challenged me. It's not what I do, it's why I do it. The motive of my heart. God is far more concerned with why I do something than if I do something. And Joseph was a, was a man of great integrity in the midst of incredible, difficult situation. So in closing, let me put up the slide. I keep saying in closing. I think I've said that three times. I'm sorry. I want you to look at this timeline. We're going to keep adding to this timeline. Joseph is going to have many choices to make in his life, just like you and I have. And each one of these things that I'm adding to the timeline, it will be another choice that Joseph will be making. Just as if we could take your life and put it up for all of us to see, and we could see the choices that you make in your life, or even my life, I would be very embarrassed to let you see all the bad choices I've made in my life. Don't believe me, ask my mom. A bunch of them, right, Mom? Uh, You're a good mom. Life can change in a blink of an eye. And how we respond changes everything. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and your kindness, and for the work you do in our lives. You are so good to us, so kind and gracious. And Lord, as we...
bring our service to a conclusion, I, I do ask that you would speak to our hearts and that you would help us to understand the cycles that we all go through, the struggles of life, the difficulties, the, the good times and the hard times. Lord, help us to see how Joseph handled these situations and Lord, help us to understand the need to do the same. With every 